This happened in Sri Lanka, a place called Pategama, which was our family's tea estate up in the mountains. My aunt and my uncle managed it, basically. And one day she was totally fine, you know, running around up there in the mountains. And the next day she woke up and she could not move. She was paralyzed from the neck down. Paralyzed? Paralyzed. She couldn't move her limbs and they had no idea why. About half an hour after she woke up, she had trouble breathing. My uncle had to throw her in the car. They flew down these crazy windy roads down through the mountain and went to Colombo, the capital city, and they went straight to a hospital where she was in the ICU right away. Why was she paralyzed? Well, they couldn't, they couldn't tell. They had no idea. And finally, after three months, they said, look, we have no idea what to do. We don't know what to tell you. But there's this Sri Lankan priest. He's a Catholic priest. He might have some answers for you. Our folks are Hindu. But they decided, why? Why are they going to this priest? He had a reputation of being able to find answers where no one else could. He told my uncle later on that one day he was just a regular old Catholic priest and running Mass. And the next day he had some terrible gift from God, he said, that allowed him to see evil. So my uncle said, all right, we don't have any other choice. My uncle went and found him. Yeah, he walked to the ICU with my uncle, who is a, he's a very, he was a very practical fellow and not totally given to the belief in the occult like a lot of my relatives, or even myself for that matter. So he was a little skeptical, but he walked in with this man and the man just said, I see evil, evil has been done here. And he was so adamant about it that my uncle had to listen to him and then proceeded to follow his direction. What were his directions? He said, look, you and I have to get up back to the tea estate right away. So my uncle put him in the car and they drove back four hours. For what was he looking for? Well, the source of the evil. He said, basically, my aunt had been cursed. By the time they got there, it was about midnight. The priest said, look, you and I, we have to walk around the grounds until I can find this. So he spent an hour walking through the lawn and through every single room in the house. It was a big, big, beautiful estate house. And he got to their bedroom and he looked out the window and he said, there, I see the curse. And my uncle looked out and he said, I don't see anything. What are you talking about? He's like, I see it. It is right there. It's there in the corner of the house. And my uncle said, well, what are we supposed to do now? He's like, go find some men, get some shovels and meet me down there on the corner. So he rounded up a few of the workers who were there and the man said, well, start digging. Right here. He knew exactly what it did. Yeah. He said he could see it. He could see a glow, an evil glow, emanating from underground. And they dug for about half an hour. And then his shovel hit this little metal container. He heard this clang, so he stopped. And the priest said, okay, hold on. And he looked into this little hole and he said, yeah, it's right there. Please bring that up. My uncle jumped into this little hole that he had dug. There was a little tin box. And the priest said, have you ever seen this before? He said, no. And he said, did you put this here? My uncle said, no, I have no idea what this is. So the priest said, okay, good. He opened up this tin box. What's inside? What's inside? What's inside? What's inside? And inside this little tin box lay this little voodoo doll. It was made out of mud and clay, and it was wrapped in some kind of cloth. It was in the shape of a human, a little body. And in this little mud figurine were some needles. Needles in the ankles, needles in the wrists, and one needle right in the throat. And like I'd said before, upon entering the ICU, she'd had to get a tracheotomy because she couldn't breathe. My uncle was pretty excited and really nervous and a little scared. Actually, really scared, he told me. And the priest said, 
I need to replenish my energies. And he shut the little tin box and he said, look, go find as much liquor as you can. They got all the whiskey they could collect. They went upstairs back to the bedroom. And this priest said, all right, you and I are going to drink right now for the next half hour. And these guys finished off a few bottles of whiskey. A few bottles? I think it was like, yeah, two bottles of whiskey they finished off, polished off. <laughs> Uncle said that was the drunkest he's, he's ever gotten in his life. And he thought, now that we've discovered the voodoo doll, we can get drunk and sleep and head back in the morning. But instead, the priest said, go get your keys. We're going for a ride. We have to take this doll to the ocean right away. My uncle said, there's no way we should, you know, we should not do this. This is a suicide trip. And the priest said, I'm really sorry, but, you know, we have to. And this is something that mothers against drunk driving would not be pleased about in the slightest. Yeah, this was some serious drunk driving. And they, this is in the middle of the night, in the middle of through a jungle area? This is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, this is four hours up a steep incline, not paved. And my uncle said, there's no way that we should have survived that trip with all the boulders and trees and ruts and bison and buffalo roaming through, jackals and komodo dragons, cobras and tigers. Well, maybe no tigers. And all sorts of crazy monsters lurking in those jungles back in the day. They make it through. They made it through. They got to the ocean. The priest said, all right, get out of the car. And they stumbled their way to the ocean, to the beach. And he took the little voodoo doll out of the tin box. And he gave it to my uncle. And he said, throw it as far as you can. So my uncle took it and just threw it off right into the ocean waves. And he saw the thing disintegrate. And then the priest said, all right, let's go to the hospital. <laughs> so they got back in the car. And they drove right to the hospital to see my aunt. Doctors came to my uncle and said, I don't know what just happened, but this past few hours, something has occurred. And miraculously, somehow or other, my aunt said, hey, guess what? In the past hour, I'm able to move. There's more feeling in my toes and my fingers. And my uncle said, I have no idea what happened or what to believe, but something crazy happened that night, thanks to this priest. What did your uncle owe the priest? What did he give the priest in return? You know, I don't think he gave him anything, actually. The priest said, this is my duty to humanity. This is a gift from God. You know, he said it's also a curse. But a he curse? Said, Why? Well, because he has this ability now to feel and see and sense evil wherever he goes. So I imagine it wasn't such a pleasant experience for him. Everywhere he went, he saw the bad stuff. Yeah, I guess I think it actually, he saw a little too much of it. Why? Well, I asked my uncle what happened to this guy. You know, I thought maybe I could go track him down. And, but my uncle said he's now serving a life sentence for the murder of his wife. He murdered his wife? He poisoned her to death, yeah. He my, has a wife as a priest. Why would he poison his wife? I'm not sure. Um, I, I, yeah, it was shocking. And my uncle basically said that the word on the island was this man had stared into the abyss a little too much and that it had started to stare back. And he had fought off all this evil for so long and it started to infuse his soul, you know, he uh, started doing bad evil things himself.